Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today on Watching Your Wealth, why you need an investment policy statement for your foundation's grant making. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Henry Berman is chief executive of Exponent Philanthropy, which advises small foundations. Welcome, Henry. Uh, Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you. So, Henry, many foundations use investment policy statements, which help them set the guidelines for what assets they want to invest in and how much risk they want to take with those investments. But you say foundations should consider using similar guidelines for their grant making. Tell us about that. Exactly. I I refer to it as the other IPS. And what the idea is that just like a traditional IPS on the financial side, people use that for managing their portfolio, the other IPS gives them guidance for managing their grant-making portfolio. Um, Inherent in that is that I talk about when we give a grant as a foundation or as a donor, I am actually making an investment into an organization. And I think of it that way as an investment. Unlike on the financial side where I'm looking for some kind of dollar return or financial Mm -hmm. return, here I'm looking for return in a social sense. So by developing an IPS for my grant making, I get perspective. I get clear thinking about my priorities and my passions. Um, And it helps me be, I believe, a better grant maker. That makes sense. What about it helps you manage risk too, I would imagine, because you're, you're deciding what types of organizations you feel comfortable with, whether it's an established organization or not so established organization. Precisely. And it's really the same kind of risk tolerance assessment you would do on the financial side. Some people are um, very risk tolerant and, you know, they'll go heavily into into equities and, and venture things. And other people, you know, want all their money in treasury bills or a coffee can under their bed, mm-hmm. um, very risk adverse. Well, in terms of where we invest our money as a foundation, as a funder, we should think the same way. So think about what our tolerance for risk in projects are. Do we only want to give to nonprofits, for instance, that are solid, well-established, um, to, to continue the analogy, to large cap um, nonprofits? Do you uh, just want to be giving to the, you know, to the Red Cross, to the United Way, to, to major organizations? Or are you uh, somebody who's willing to take more risk and you might invest in brand new startup nonprofits or much smaller ones where there's a higher risk, but just as on the financial side, oftentimes high risk can bring high reward. And, of course, it's not a binary. It's not one or the other. Right. You can have a balanced portfolio. Exactly. I was going to say, because maybe this investment policy statement for your grant making leads you to more diversification or perhaps less diversification, but at least to have some guidelines for it. It, 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 it Precisely. It gives you that sense of thinking in advance about how you want to diversify your portfolio. So, you know, I think any good financial advisor on the dollar side would say, you know, you, you never want to think about what you should be investing in um, the day in a huge of a huge market swing. You, you probably not the smartest time to do it. You think about it in advance. You develop a policy. Same thing here. So you think about um, how much 
what percentage of our grant making do we want to put into what, for instance, I might call treasury bills, good, solid programs that aren't going to change the world, but you know what the return on investment will be. How much do you want to put into more venture kinds of things? As a as a funder, myself, at one point, we invested in a medical study. As it turned out, the hypothesis was not proven. So that was, in many ways, venture money. Interesting. Um, had it been proven, would have been a great social return. It wasn't. You can invest in nonprofits that I refer to as you know, growth opportunities or values. Uh, yeah. I oftentimes think of scholarships as, in many ways, a long-term bond, because you don't really know what the return is going to be for a long time. How much do you want to put there? How much do you want to put into international yep. nonprofits? I love and, that. Yeah, you so, know, it may be it may be in some of these categories. You say nothing. You that's say, true. I don't have a great risk tolerance, and that's fine. But the idea is to get people to think it through, be thoughtful about it, and ultimately help their grant making. Good point. Now, when it comes, to, you brought this up with a scholarship idea. Time horizon is always so important when it comes to making investments, how long you're going to be committed to a certain asset or asset class. And I would think when it comes to grant making, too, you always want to have that in mind. And the investment policy statement, if you apply that to your grant making, that can give you, again, that guideline. For instance, if you're thinking about um, we are investing um, in, uh, in, in long term or we're planning to go out of business in the short term. So how do we, you know, do we give grants to an organization that's going to be looking to us to support a project for many years if we're not prepared to do that? Um, and so that helps you think about what is your timeline. It's, again, it's not unlike the financial side um, and, and the risk associated with the time horizon. Um, if you're planning your retirement portfolio at age 30, you might invest very differently than at age 60. Right. Well, if your foundation is perhaps thinking of sunsetting, um, you may invest very differently than if you're just starting out and you're, you know, thinking about perpetuity or at least another generation or two. I think as a funder, that's very important to remember because if you've got a certain timeline, but the organization you're supporting thinks you're in it for much longer they could be relying on your dollars and you pulling out, pulling that money away from them could have real detrimental effects in terms of how they run their charity and what the kind of work and results that they can get. So that's something to think about. I, I want to talk a little bit briefly about some of the pitfalls to avoid. And I would think if you have this investment policy statement, one danger is that maybe not everyone on your foundation's board is completely on board with it. They may not agree. So what do you say about that? Well, um, you know, I think there's a lot of times when everybody on a foundation board doesn't agree. Um, and so I think for every foundation, it's how do you work through those issues? By working through them at a policy level in advance of having to make a decision, you take the heat of the moment out of the question. So I can imagine a board could sit down and there could be a discussion, an argument, if disagreement, mm -hmm. about whether we should make a particular grant. Um, some may say it's too risky or it's not risky enough or I don't want to fund overseas or whatever it is. Well, if you've had those discussions thoughtfully up front in developing this other investment policy statement, the answers are going to be there. They're going to help guide you. Um, and just as when you balance your financial portfolio, so you've determined, okay, we're willing to put about 5% of our grant making into international, for instance. Right. 
And you can you always need change to think it. Think about yeah. how often do you want to rebalance that, um, right. and and what's your what's your tolerance? If you get to six percent, are you pulling it back? Are you saying, uh, you know, we're saying five, but we'll be happy anywhere between four and seven? Got it. Uh, so I think those kinds of things actually help guide the conversation, ultimately helping boards, I think, get to consensus faster. Indeed. And you can always change your... in the heat of the moment. Right. That's never good to make decisions in the heat of the moment. And you can always change your investment policy statement revisited in a year or two, depending on what your your board decides to look at. These are some great tips, Henry. Thank you so much. I would love for you to stick around and take our fun philanthropy quiz. Are you game for that? Absolutely. All right. Great. You stick around too. Hi, this is Jason Gay, sports writer at the Wall Street Journal, and I have a podcast called Free For All. And guess what? It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some real estate, some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. It's the Free For All. Become a subscriber on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts. And check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Now it's time for philanthropy expert Henry Berman to take our fun philanthropy quiz. Henry, are you ready? I'm game. All right. So what's the best philanthropy advice you ever received? Maintain a balance between your head and your heart. Love that. Worst philanthropy advice you ever heard? Giving away money is easy. Mm, Very true. Fill in the blank. Philanthropy can buy? Philanthropy can buy hope and a sense that there can be a better tomorrow. I love that. Philanthropy can't buy. It can't buy guarantees. That is indeed true. If you won a million dollars after tax, where would you donate it? Well, I would uh, I would probably donate a little bit to my kids, but not too much <laughs> as to spoil them. Um, probably save a little, but then um, I have been touched in my life by organizations that gave me opportunities to help me follow my dreams. And those are the kind of organizations that I feel um, really deserve support. So it would be some of those. How nice. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us, Henry. Thank you, Veronica. It's a pleasure. And my pleasure. And do you have a wealth management or personal finance question you'd like us to address? Email us at podcast at DowJones.com. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.